What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, man. Friday, March 26th. I hope all you guys have had a nice, productive, and successful week. I hope all you guys have a nice and relaxing weekend. Enjoy your weekends because they be flying by, but just enjoy it to the fullest. We're going to have some Sweet 16 and Elite 8 matchups this upcoming weekend and early into next week, so I hope you guys enjoy those as well, man. But I just hope all you guys are doing straight, man. I hope all you guys are staying consistent. You're working hard. You're getting to your grind. You're getting to your money. Just do what you got to do to make ends meet. Keep pushing in the right direction, and whatever you want in this life, man, you can have it. Just keep moving in the right direction man consistency is key consistency breeds success and just stay positive stay motivated and just try and you know elevate the people around you man that's that's all we're here for don't worry about the temporary pleasures always just stay consistent and just worry about the finer and bigger things in life man but of course we are still dealing with this coronavirus pandemic, man. So please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Please wear a mask anytime you step outside into a large group crowd or gathering. And when you're by yourself, take it off, go about your day, and have fun. But when you're around a lot of people, please just wear your mask. And lastly, but certainly not least, anytime. Wherever you are at, if you have any type of sunlight or sunshine, wherever you may be at on the planet Earth, please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays, aka sunlight on your skin, because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list, man. I just hope all you guys are doing good, man. want to start today off with some, you know, saddening news. I want to say rest in peace to Oscar Freyer. He was a player at Grand Canyon University, actually just played uh, last weekend in the round of 64 against Iowa. And sadly, earlier this week, he was um, he lost his life in a car accident, and so I'm sending a lot of prayers and love to his family, to the people of Grand Canyon University, to the team, to the coach um, of Grand Canyon University. It's just an unfortunate situation. It shows us that life is precious, and just enjoy it while you can, man. And again, you know, rest in peace to Oscar Freyer, man. I actually watched him when he was playing for the Oakland Soldiers, which is a prominent, you know, AAU team, and he was just a monster, and so it sucks that he lost his life at such a young age he was only 23 that's only a year older than i am so yeah man just enjoy life you know it's precious enjoy your people tell them you love them tell you tell them you appreciate them and yeah man rest in peace to oscar Freyer. and of course we are still demanding justice for brianna taylor we are still demanding justice for jacob blake we are still demanding justice for elijah mcclain and we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody else that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse police murderings it needs and it must stop eventually man but let's get right into today's topic at hand because yesterday was the official trade deadline of the NBA and honestly it was it wasn't the greatest NBA trade trade deadline but it was way better than what I expected it to be because it was so many moves that I just did not see happening so I got four moves that I really liked and the first one was the Chicago Bulls the prominent, one of the best organizations or one of the most world-renowned organizations in the NBA, the Bulls made a big-time splash by trading for Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic, excuse me, and Al Farouk Aminu, and they got Daniel Tyson another trade, but they traded in order to get Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu from Orlando. They traded Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and a 2021 and a 2023 first-round picks. That is a great trade 
honestly for both sides because the Magic are in a weird space right now where they pretty much just have to blow it up. They pretty much had a fire sale yesterday where they got rid of Aaron Gordon. We'll talk about that in a second, but they got rid of Gary Clark also. So they had to get rid of some players. You know, I think RJ Hampton is going to be really good for them. We'll talk about him in a second, but they just had to let it go, man, because they're kind of like a weird, you know, middle of the pack type team, but they weren't getting any better. You weren't going to get any better with just Vucevic as your main guy. You weren't really going to get another star. You know, I do like what they have. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Isaac. I'm glad to see that Chumo Kiki is back playing good. They still got Terrence Ross. I'm surprised they didn't trade yesterday. But they have a solid core. But honestly, they just need to go young. Like, I'm a big Cole Anthony fan. Just go young, start from the bottom, and then try and work your way up and get to a championship eventually down the line. But for the Bulls, though, I love this a lot. And give a lot of credit to our tourists. Karnisovic. He was actually, I believe right now, he's actually the president of basketball operations for the Bulls. He used to be the general manager of the Denver Nuggets. And he was a dude that drafted players like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and all those guys to why the Nuggets are as good as they are nowadays. And now he's in Chicago and he's made a splash. Getting Vucevic to play along this team that's coached by Billy Donovan. And you're going to have Vucevic and Zach Levine. Just think about that. I made a podcast not too long ago where I said Nikola Vucevic is the third best center in the league after Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. And now you add this guy to the Bulls. And yeah, the Bulls have been a very up and down team this season. I think right now they're like in ninth place in the East. They're okay. They're decent. But getting a guy like this, it takes so much pressure off of the shoulders of Zach Levine because I watched not too many Bulls games this season but probably like three or four and one thing I noticed that they all had in common was that Zach Levine not only is he the main scorer but it's like he is the only scorer sometimes like that's it it sounds crazy but like he is the Bulls offense for like 95 percent percent of their possessions and that is not a good thing like it was just too much for him and then when they got to the fourth quarter he would be tired and gassed and he wasn't able to deliver in the clutch now you get a guy in Vucevic who this season is averaging 24 points per game and he's shooting 40 percent from the three again this guy is 6'10 from Switzerland he is the goods this guy is special I'm glad he's gonna be on a bigger stage people already know about him he's not a scrub or anything like that he's definitely an all-star caliber player it's a reason he's been to the all-star game you know two times in his career including this year he is the goods he's skilled man he's got the footwork he's patient you can run pick and pops with him and Zach Levine which is going to be special you know you got Kobe White um I'm kind of concerned that they didn't trade Lowry Markkinen but that he is young has been playing really good for them this year this is a really good move this is going to make the Bulls a much much better team I promise you Vucevic is the goods then you get a guy like Alfaro Camino who I haven't even seen him play for the Orlando Magic to be honest I didn't even know he was on the Orlando Magic's roster but if he's healthy and playing he can still be a solid contributor on the wing for the Chicago Bulls especially playing alongside a young guy like Patrick Williams who he can coach up and mentor that's going to be big for him but man Getting another all-star in the fray to play with Zach Levine is so big because, again, the Bulls are probably the the most world-renowned franchise, organization, and logo, period, in the world when it comes to the NBA. And they can't be down for too long. The NBA should never want the Bulls to be bad. The last time they were good was when they had Jimmy Butler. And, of course, they had Fred Hoiberg, who, of course, isn't the coach anymore. Then they got Jim Boylan, who was a terrible coach. And now... They got the perfect coach in Billy Donovan, who I think is going to have a lot of success there for many years to come. And getting a guy like Vucevic in the fold, man, is good. Like, I'm I'm excited for Bulls fans. I'm excited to watch the Bulls. I'm definitely going to watch the Bulls way more than I already was because I am a big Zach Levine fan. Don't get it twisted. I love everything that Zach Levine, you know, brings to the table. He can drop 40 points a game if he wanted to. 
But when you get a guy like this to help him out, because if you watch Bulls games too, like when they lose, Zach looks frustrated. And he should because he's the only guy that's really playing his hardest that he can possibly play. Not saying that the other guys are playing terrible, but they're just not playing as good as Zach Levine and Billy Donovan need them to play. Aside from like Kobe White and again, um, Thaddeus Young, everybody else kind of just plays down to the level of competition or even worse, you know what I'm saying? But to get a guy like that, man... The Bulls are nice. The Bulls are going to be nice. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to adjust, especially with the season being, you know, pretty much almost over. But regardless, though, for the near future, the Chicago Bulls are a team to look out for, man. So I'm very excited for what they are doing out in the Windy City. My second trade that I'm a big fan of also has to do with the Orlando Magic, and that was with the Denver Nuggets. The, the Nuggets will get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark, and they're also going to get JaVale McGee from another trade. But in that Aaron Gordon trade, the Magic are going to get my guy, my Spartan dog, Gary Harris. They're going to get a young up-and-coming Hooper in RJ Hampton, and they're going to get a first-round pick in 2025, all going to Orlando. So for Denver, again, we already talked about the Magic, but for Denver, I like this because Aaron Gordon... You know, he just recently requested a trade. It seemed like he was tired of losing in Orlando. He's had enough of it. He's trying to compete. He's trying to win. And I respect that. And for Denver to take a shot on him and give him that chance, I think it's big because the thing that worries me with the Nuggets is two things. One, you're not getting a lot of consistency out of Jamal Murray. We all know Jamal Murray is a big-time star in this league. He's a hooper. We've seen what he did in the playoffs last season for the Nuggets. He was special. But he hasn't played necessarily to that standard this season that's been a problem for them my second thing is the Nuggets for some reason when they lost Jeremy Grant which was a big loss now that we're looking back at it but when they lost him they expected for Jermichael Green Michael Porter Jr. and Paul Millsap to make up the difference that Jeremy Grant left that just couldn't happen because one Michael Porter isn't the best on defense two Paul Millsap is just older and three none of them are as good as a defensive player as Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is one of the best defensive players in the league, so it's going to be hard to replace that type of production. And he was also another offensive outlet outside of Jamal Murray and the Joker. But now, Aaron Gordon is a lob threat. He's gotten much better when it comes to hitting the three-point shot. He's athletic because I don't know what. He can guard guys like Kawhi, you know, LeBron when healthy, all the big-time players in the West, you know, Luka. You know, I'm not saying he can stop them, but he's a big body that you can throw at them. And that's what the Denver Nuggets have just not had ever since, again, they lost Jeremy Grant last year to free agency. So I like this. Honestly, I really do. The Nuggets are a good team. They've been good for a real long time. Mike Malone is an excellent head coach. Getting a guy like Aaron Gordon, especially playing alongside a guy like the Joker is going to give him a lot of easy looks, a lot of easy opportunities. This was the right move for the Nuggets. The Nuggets just got better by adding Aaron Gordon, Gary Clark, and even JaVale. I think JaVale could help them out too. Not necessarily because, you know, he's a solid veteran, but he also is a rim protector. Like people just think, you know, JaVale is on Shaq in a four all the time. And yeah, to a certain extent, he is kind of goofy, but he was a solid rim protector last season for the Lakers, and he's been a solid rim protector for the majority of his career, even going back to when he first got into the league playing with the Washington Wizards. He could definitely help them out in that category, and I expect him to do so. Not saying he's going to be a prominent impact player, but just in case they need to match up with somebody that has you know, the height and the width, JaVale McGee could come in handy for the Denver Nuggets, so I like that. My third move, I got two more. I'm going to get you guys out of here. The third move that I'm a big fan of was between the Atlanta Hawks and the Los Angeles Clippers. The Hawks got their guy back who's from Atlanta himself, Lou Will, and the Hawks also received two future second-round picks, and the Clippers got Rajon 
Rondo. Now, both these guys in this season, you know, Lou Will with the Clippers and Rondo with the Hawks. You know, Rondo with the Hawks has been very up and down. He's had some good moments, but he's definitely had more bad moments. And I just don't think it was the right fit. You know, at first, when I first heard about the news, you know, last, you know, offseason, I was kind of excited for it just because the Hawks could have used a guy like that. But as we've seen, you know, the Hawks weren't really that good, even though they're playing way better with Naaman Millen at the helm. It was just a weird situation. They still got Chris Dunn, and obviously, you know, Trey Young is the franchise's, you know, all-star for the foreseeable future. So it was just a weird situation. Rondo needs to be in a situation where he's on a contending team that's legitimately fighting for a chance to win the NBA Finals. And so I think he's on that team now. And you put him on the Clippers, we all know the Clippers' biggest hole on that team, offensively at least, is the lack of point guard play and the lack of point guard production. We know Pat Bev, he's not like that. We know Reggie Jackson, he's more of a scorer. Getting a guy like Rondo, especially for the playoffs, they don't even need Rondo to necessarily be like a dominant PG in the regular season. They just need him to get accustomed to do to know what they're doing to their offensive schemes and stuff like that. He's going to help them out a lot. Like He's going to get Paul George easy shots. He's going to help Kawhi get easier shots. Rondo is still a premier floor general. He is going to be in the Hall of Fame for helping winning rings with the Celtics and the Lakers last year. He is that guy, and he's going to make the Clippers better. The thing that concerns me, though, for the Clippers is that in losing Lou Will, they lost a lot of production because Lou Will is one of the greatest bench scorers of all time. One of the best six men of all time. They call him the underground king or the underground goat for a reason. And he definitely is that. And so when you lose a guy like that, the Clippers are going to need somebody like Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard, who has not had a good year for them. Ty Lue was playing him for a little bit, and now it's like he's completely out the rotation. They're going to need one of those guys to step up, whether it's Terrence Mann or Luke, or excuse me, or Luke Kennard or even Amir Coffey possibly. Somebody has to step up. Like, Rondo can only do so much, and he's going to do a lot, especially in the locker room, as a voice, as a leader, as somebody that the players are going to respect. But you're going to need somebody off that bench to be a contributor. Like, you're going to need it. The Clippers do not have a lot of depth. They don't have any draft capital, especially after the trade yesterday. They got to figure it out. It's going to be a weird rest of the season for Ty Lue. But if anybody could do it, you know, I like Ty Lue's chances. I think he's going to help him get better. Rondo is an excellent fit for this team. And so the Clippers definitely made a move, a gamble at that, especially giving up two first, you know, two future second round picks. But I like it for the Clippers, though. It's not a bad move. But for the Hawks, though, I honestly love this move because, you know, I see some reports that Lou Will was considering retirement. That's, you know, obviously he he, um, said that that's not going to be the case. He's going to play for Atlanta. I like this because if you watch the Hawks the past couple of years with Trey Young, the thing that really hurts them is when Trey Young goes to the bench, it's almost like they have zero production offensively, especially last season. This year, they've been a little bit better in that category off the bench. But last year, they were probably the worst team in the league when their star player goes to the bench. And now you get the sixth man, a guy who's literally known for getting buckets off the bench, playing in his hometown, being more motivated under a coach like Nate McMillan. I love it. I honestly love it so much for the Hawks, for the city of Atlanta, for Lou Will and his family to be back home. This is big. Like, this is really, really big. The the Hawks are playing good right now. I think they're like the fourth or the fifth seed in the East. Lou Will 
is going to help them get some more wins. Like they are headed in the right direction. Hopefully they're able to extend Nate McMillan and keep him for as long as possible because he is the right guy for the job. But getting a guy like Lou Will is only going to make the Hawks even more of a threat than they already are, especially because they kept John Collins. They're obviously, you know, Trey Young's there. DeAndre Hunter is back. You know, they, you know, I, I was glad that they kept Cam Reddish. I don't, I don't know why they're even contemplating trading Cam Reddish because Cam Reddish is nice, but the Hawks have a solid, nice young core. Keep building on it, you know, sprinkling some bets here and there. You still got Bogdanovich. Stay the course. The Hawks are in and headed in the right direction. But my last trade is actually two trades, but they're both have to do with my favorite team, and that is the Miami Heat. Miami, man, we made a splash yesterday. The first deal we made was to the Kings. We got in exchange um, Nemanja Bialica, who's a really good shooter in this league. He's 6'8", can spread the floor. He's nice, but we traded him to the Kings for Mo Harkless. Um, or we got Bielitsa and we traded Mo Harkless and Chris Silva, you know, two guys that weren't really in the rotation. I know Chris Silva was a fan favorite in Miami. It sucks to see him leave, but hopefully he gets a nice opportunity playing for Luke Walton in Sacramento. But that trade I do like because we traded Kelly Olynyk yesterday and he has been our starting power forward this season. And I think Bielitsa can be a little bit better than what Kelly Olynyk was. And I'm not saying Kelly Olynyk was trash, not saying he's weak or garbage or a scrub. Kelly Olynyk is a solid bench player in this league. My only knock on him was that he's a starter for my Heat. And we just didn't need that because he made so many mental mistakes. As a player that's been in the league for almost a decade now, he should be better than what he has been. So, you know, I, I like Kelly Olynyk, but I just think his time was up. You know, he was kind of just filling a role and it was just time. But the other trade, which was probably the b- biggest trade of the day. And honestly, I'm going to be honest. I have no clue what the Houston Rockets were thinking. But my Miami Heat finally acquired Victor Oladipo, a guy who seems like he's been talking about forever, or at least people have been talking about forever, wants to be in Miami. He works out in Miami in the summer. He loves being in Miami. And now he has officially made the Miami Heat his home. And in exchange for Victor Oladipo, the Rockets got Avery Bradley, who was not playing for us this year. He's been hurt with a calf injury for the majority of the season. Kelly Olenek, a guy, again, who was starting force at the power forward, and a draft swap in 2022, which is pretty much nothing. So I don't know what Raphael Stone was thinking. You know, the Rockets have had a very bad year. They just came off like a 20-game a losing streak. But the Rockets are kind of in a solid position. I know a lot of people are trying to, you know, bash him now and, you know, put him under the dirt now. But the Rockets are still solid. you still got Kevin Porter Jr. you got Christian Wood. you got John Wall. Build on that, and you'll be fine. Get a good draft pick this year. It's a lot of good players coming into the league next season. The Rockets are going to be solid. This year has just been a rough year. You know, I love Sean Tate. The Rockets are going to be fine. But for my Heat, I love everything about this move. Because worst comes to worst. Let's just say worst comes to worst. Oladipo's trash. He gets hurt. Whatever. Whatever happens. Even if that, Even if one of those two things do happen... We pretty much got the guy for nothing. That's what people aren't understanding. We got Victor Oladipo for pretty much nothing. It didn't cost us anything. We were still able to get a player like that and keep players like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Preston Achua, KZ Akpala. We were still able to keep our young core intact while getting a player with the caliber that is Oladipo, Victor Oladipo at that. And so, I don't think what I just mentioned is going to happen. I think... Why I love this move is because Victor Oladipo gives us everything in Miami that we have been missing out on this season. We've had a very, very rough year. 
from starting off the season bad to Jimmy Butler getting COVID to, you know, coming back. I think we went on like a, a eight game win streak or something like that, a six game win streak, something like that. We got back into the picture. We fought all the way from the 14th spot in the East to the fourth spot in the East. I think right now we're at like seven or eight. You know, we're in a, a losing streak right now, like a four game losing streak. We'll be fine though. Getting a player like Oladipo, you can do so many things with that. The first thing, you can have him play point guard. That's what I love about this. We needed a guy that can handle the ball and play make and score consistently for others. I love Kendrick Nunn. I love Goran Dragic. I think I think Kendrick Nunn is just young. He's still trying to find his footing in the league. I think Goran Dragic is older. We don't need to depend on him as much as we should until the playoffs come around. So you can get Oladipo, and he can be a guy that can average anywhere between 17 to 20 points a game. And... He's also a very good defensive player. I know it's a lot of Rockets fans out there that are saying he's been bad this year. And yeah, he has. I'm going to be honest. But you got to also take into consideration situations. It was so much uncertainty in Houston. You didn't know what was going to happen. He was just out there going through the motions. Now, I do expect him to be better, especially in this situation. Being a guard that can guard a lot of different positions, especially when we have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson who aren't necessarily, you know, strengths is defense is going to help us out a lot. And so I love that for our perimeter, especially playing along alongside guys like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Trevor Reese has been playing really good recently. We're going to be nice, man. And then another thing, just imagine this. Eric Spolster can put in a closing lineup, the crunch time of a game, five minutes left in the game or less. Eric Spolster can put in a lineup of Victor Oladipo at the one, Jimmy Butler at the two, Trevor Reese at the three, Andre Iguodala at the four, and then Bam Adebayo at the five. You know how great that lineup is. Again, let me say it. Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Trevor Reza, Andre Iguodala, and Bam Adebayo. That is one of the best closing lineups in the league. And honestly, I'm not saying we're going to beat the Brooklyn Nets in a playoff series, but I would love that matchup in a series against the Brooklyn Nets. That's all I'm going to say. And so that is going to work out wonderful you know why because if you watch us play last night we played against the portland trailblazers the thing that killed us was one obviously not having jimmy butler close the game you know he's one of the best closers in the game so we couldn't match up with the guy like damian lillard who's also one of the best closers in the game but two tyler hero and duncan robinson again are not good defensive players right now they need to get better in that department and so the blazers attacked those guys and they made them pay every single time now you don't have to worry about that because you got Oladipo and you can play them and be solid. And that's what I love about Oladipo. He's a playmaker. He can get Bama shots. He's going to take so much pressure off the shoulders of Jimmy Butler because if you watch the Heat, for the, most of this season, Jimmy Butler has had to carry us to get some wins. And that's been a problem. But now you get a guy like Oladipo and that's going to help so, so much. Now, the biggest question of concern is, of course, his health. He has been very... I'm not going to say injury prone, but he's been banged up the past couple years. He had a major injury in 2019 that sidelined him for the rest of the season. He came back in the bubble um, last year, and it was kind of, you know, it wasn't the best look for him. He was very rusty. He wasn't back into game shape or anything like that. But again, that's what I love because if it doesn't work out, you know, Miami can lose can trade him and not lose anything because we didn't trade anything for him like that originally. So it's not a bad trade and it's not a bad acquisition. I do think we can get him to sign long term, but the health is going to be key. We need him to be healthy. And honestly, if he is healthy, especially getting guys like Bielitsa and trading for Trevor Reese a couple weeks ago, me personally, you can say I'm biased or not. I think we're the second best team in the Eastern Conference 
right after the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I know Embiid's having a great year. I know Giannis and the Bucks are being really are playing really well, but I still like this in a playoff series against both those teams, excluding the Brooklyn Nets. Like I really truly believe we are the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Eric Spolcher is a wizard. He now has so much um, versatility. He has really good defensive players on his team now. The Miami Heat got much better yesterday with the acquisition of not only Oladipo, but also Nemanja Bialisa. Pat Riley, man, we need to give him a round of applause, man. Appreciate Pat Riley, what he did yesterday, because I was so nervous. My thing going into the trade deadline was I wasn't worried about losing Duncan Robinson. I wasn't worried about losing Tyler Hero. I'm going to be honest. I was most concerned about losing Andre Iguodala. You know why? Because Andre Iguodala makes winning plays. People forget game six last year against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. This guy, I think he had, what, four threes in that game to help us win that game alongside a big-time performance from Bam Adebayo, some key buckets from Jimmy Butler. Iggy is a winner. Iguodala has always been a winner. Even though I think he's 36, 37 right now, he still makes winning plays. And there's so many Heat fans that were talking about, okay, trade him. You know, contracts got a matchup. I get it, but nah. Iguodala is a winner. You need a player like that in your locker room, and I'm glad he's going to be on the Heat for the rest of the season, man. So again, credit to Pat Riley, the entire Heat front office organization. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. We are definitely going to be a tough team heading into the playoffs. But lastly, too, though, because you know, some big names going into the trade deadline were both Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball. You know, we seen a couple nights ago, it looked like Kyle Lowry was waving peace to the cameras, you know, as he was signifying that it could possibly be his last game playing for the Toronto Raptors, a.k.a. the Tampa Bay Raptors right now. And so I'm kind of glad that the Raptors didn't trade him because honestly, like, yes, I would have loved to have him on my Miami Heat. I think he would have been the perfect fit. He would have been a hell of an upgrade, all that. But he is a Raptor. He is to me, the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time. He's been there since forever. He's done a phenomenal job. And yeah, he definitely would have helped the Lakers, the Heat, the Clippers, whoever he, he could have possibly gotten traded to. But just let him finish out the season in Toronto. You know, they've had a very rough year as they've been, of course, you know, relocated to Tampa this year because of Canada COVID-19 restrictions. But Kyle Lowry is going to be solid. I know he's old. He just turned 35 yesterday. He's older, not old. He's older. Um, and he turned 35, so happy belated birthday to Kyle Lowry. But hopefully the Raptors are able to get a sign and trade because if not, it's going to be ugly. Because my thing with this was the Raptors cannot continue to keep losing their top talent for nothing. They lost Kawhi Leonard for nothing. They lost Serge Ibaka for nothing. They lost Marcus Gasol for nothing. Do not let that be the case with Kyle Lowry. Hopefully Kyle is able to be willing you know, to get a sign and trade and help them out, help out Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster and everybody in that front office. So I think it's going to work out. So you know, congrats to Kyle Lowry. He's still with the Raptors organization. But Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was one that confused me because I don't know what David Griffin is thinking. I don't know what Trajan Langdon is thinking. I don't know what anybody in the New Orleans Pelicans front office is thinking if you're trying to trade Lonzo Ball. I've seen a lot of reports saying that the Pelicans have no uh, future future plans of keeping Lonzo in the long term. If that's the case, I'm going to just say, forgive me for saying this, but they are dumb as I don't know what if they try and trade and they don't sign Lonzo Ball to an extension. You know why? Because Lonzo makes the Pelicans better. Simple as that. 
The stars of the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, enjoy playing with Lonzo Ball. You know why? He's unselfish. He makes sure those guys get their touches. He's a great passer. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. And he just does a little bit of everything. He rebounds. He starts to break extra early. Lonzo is a special talent. And there's so many different teams across the league that could use the services of Lonzo Ball, like the Chicago Bulls, who potentially could have made a trade for him, um, the Los Angeles Clippers, shoot the Lakers even so, the Miami Heat could have used Lonzo. It's so many teams. The Boston Celtics could definitely use Lonzo Ball. He is a really good player, and he's only going to get better. I think he's shooting like 37% from the three-point line this year. Lonzo is special. The Pelicans would be dumb to trade a player like that, especially because their star players enjoy playing with him. He needs to be in the Pelicans' long-term plans. You know why? Because you build teams around guards like that. You build teams around a guard who can make everybody else better. I know, again, Zion and Brandon Ingram are the future. But if you want them to continue to have success, Lonzo is going to help them sustain that success and keep them in the right direction to keep them getting better so i'm glad the pelicans didn't trade him he needs to be there i know it sounds like it's some rumors that he doesn't want to be there but if i'm the pelicans i'm keeping that dude you know why because he makes that team better man but as always i appreciate you guys if you made this far man shout out to nuts and bolts sports man i'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us. Go like our stuff. Go retweet our stuff for all your sports news needs. I promise you, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out. Again, we are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram, man. And I appreciate you guys as always if you made this far man this has been another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast i will talk to you guys soon you guys have a great weekend ahead of you stay safe and as always peace and love gone